Hello and welcome to the Bone Idol Gaming Podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at Sucker Punch's open world samurai game, The Ghost of Tsushima, which has just received a director's cut treatment. And we'll be asking if this definitive edition is really worth spending your hard-earned cash on. Considering The Ghost of Tsushima was released a little bit over one year ago, you could be forgiven in thinking it might be a tad bit too soon to be releasing a director's cut. But if you consider all the free updates that have been added over the past year, plus the new Icky Island DLC, I think there's enough here to entice players both old and new. There's a number of ways to jump into the director's cut. If you're brand new, you can just buy it outright. But if you own the original on the PlayStation 4, you're able to upgrade that for around 20 euros. And if you own it on the PlayStation 4, but you have moved to the PS5, that upgrade will cost you about 30. Now, if you've recently just bought the director's cut on the PlayStation and have now managed to get a PS5, you're able to upgrade that one to the PlayStation 5 version for about a tenner. There is a big jump in performance from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5. But most of that was delivered in a free update that gave the original PS4 version a boost to 60fps when running on PS5 via the backwards compatibility. The new PS5 version of the director's cut runs at a butter smooth 60fps in resolution mode at all times. As mentioned by Digital Foundry, there isn't much use in using the performance mode. You don't get any boost in performance, but you do lose a little bit in the visual quality side. For returning players, the value on offer will depend an awful lot on when you first played and when you dipped out. If you stopped playing within the first three to four months after launch, then there's a very good chance you missed out on a host of great updates. Not only the performance improvements mentioned above, but also some new trophies, a new game plus mode, and a new multiplayer mode called Legends. This allows two players to place through some story elements together, and for four players to team up and tackle some raiding or waves of enemies. All of this is incredibly good fun. So the bundle including all of these updates is already pretty good value. And then you throw in the new Icky Island DLC that adds a new area to explore and around six to seven hours of a new campaign, but that can be stretched out to about nine or 10 if you do all the exploring. As the Icky Island DLC is the biggest update as part of this director's cut, we'll focus on that for the rest of this review. The review of the original is available on our website should you want to go back and read it. In order to unlock Icky Island DLC, you do have to play all the way through Act 1 of the main game. If you have previously done this, you are able to transfer your save file from the PlayStation 4, but like us, it's been a while, so we chose to restart completely again. Once you hit the start of Act 2, you'll get a pop-up and you'll be directed to a new location. You do have to physically travel there within the game to trigger the DLC. Once you land on Nikki Island, you are locked into a story for a short period, it doesn't take too long, and once that opening segment is finished, you're free to hop back and forth between the two islands. So one question we should tackle first is, should you finish the campaign before playing this DLC? That's a maybe. That depends on how you feel about spoilers. As you land, there's a couple of lines of dialogue that reference the end of the game. This isn't anything earth-shattering. You probably think the game will end up like this anyway, but that's a fair warning as if you want a clean playthrough, I'd advise finishing the campaign first. While everything that happens on Nikki Island is technically set after the main campaign, you can head there, finish it and come back and finish the main campaign with very little impact other than gaining a few new skills. If you're a fan of the foxes in the first game, then you're going to be delighted to know there's three new animals on the island. 
There's a cat sanctuary, a deer sanctuary and a monkey sanctuary. Unlocking all of these allows you to play a flute and get the animals to come over to you so you can give them a little pet on the head. It did take a little bit of exploring to find the monkey sanctuary. It's in the bottom left of the map, just in case you want to head there first to unlock the monkeys. Enemies are much smarter and much harder as well on the map. They'll regularly switch from using swords to shields to spears. This means that you also have to counter this by switching your own stance mid-fight. Another new enemy type, the shaman, will stand back from the group and start chanting. This chanting gives their surrounding enemies a buff in terms of aggression and defense, making group battles much more difficult. If you can take these out with a flaming arrow or an exploding arrow, it'll make the battle much, much easier. But not to be left out, your fateful horse also gets some new upgrades. The first allows you to ram into enemies and send them fly. Carrying out this ramming attack uses some of your resolve, so it's not an infinite one. There's also a new saddlebag upgrade that allows you to carry some additional ammo and refill every time you jump back on the horse. This one ends up being incredibly handy throughout. In terms of the story, Iki Island has been taken over by a new Mongol tribe led by the Eagle. The island has long been home to bandits and raiders and was also once the scene of a brutal samurai invasion that subjugated the locals. Pretty much as soon as you land on the island, you get captured and you are forced to drink an hallucinogenic potion that results in powerful visions. These visions continue to flash in and out throughout your playthrough on the island as the eagle tries to get inside Jin's head and have him join her as one of her shamans. Throughout the main campaign, there was a big focus on how the samurai were honorable warriors that brought peace to the islands. The DLC delves more into the dark side of the samurai and how that peace was actually brought about. The islanders don't see the samurai as honorable warriors, but rather butchers that invaded their land and murdered their families. Through these visions and the alliances Jin has to make on the island with the raiders, he's forced to face up to a past and come to terms with what it means to his father's legacy. In conclusion, the director's cut is now the definitive edition. Returning players who just want more Ghost of Tsushima get exactly that. It doesn't change a great deal, but it does give you more highly polished and brand new gameplay. New players, on the other hand, are going to be delighted by the amount of content that's included in the director's cut. The Ghost of Tsushima was one of the best games on the PlayStation 4, and now the Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut is one of the best games on the PlayStation 5. If you enjoyed this review podcast, make sure to like and subscribe on your platform of choice so you'll get notified when we release new episodes. And do check out some of our earlier episodes. We have a fan favourite, which is our video game soundtrack one, where we take some requests from users. If you have any requests, hit us up on social media with your request, and we'll get it included in an upcoming episode. You can reach us on any social media by looking for at Bone Idol Gaming.